0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Zing This. You got me, Zinger. Uh, You got me, David. Yes, Ellie is in the process of a giant um, multi-issue crossover event right now, so she will not be with us this week.
1: Which is sad, because everyone loves Ellie.
0: Yes, everyone does. But with that being said, we actually have an interesting conversation that we're going to have. We are both fans of the show Westworld, and no offense to Ellie, she has not completed it, so that is why it has not been discussed very thoroughly on Zygnus yet. So, I have seized this opportunity to enlist the help of David from Tales from the Fandom to come over and talk about something that we are both fans of, and it has only had one season on TV as well, so
1: it definitely has a very instant following to it. Absolutely, and not only that, I mean, it was coming from an older movie, so you have the people that had seen that movie, and now they get to see an, a pretty epic TV show. I was
0: actually going to ask you about that, if you were aware that it was based on an old TV show, so sounds like you are aware of it, but have you ever seen that show? I mean, uh, the, no, sorry, sorry, that movie, that movie.
1: No, I've, I hadn't seen the movie. I had checked it out a few times from Blockbuster way back in the day because I thought the premise sounded cool, and I never got around to watching it, so... This was really my first introduction to uh, the, the world of Westworld. I myself have not seen it yet. I want to, and it keeps on
0: creeping up as something I'll walk by, and like when I'm at like one, some store or something, I'll see it, and I'll hold it for a few minutes and be like, ah. But it's kind of one of those, I'd rather if Netflix or Amazon or somewhere got it, that I could stream it. and just Because I'm like, I don't know if it's a return viewing sort of experience. So I've heard it's good, it's just something that you kind of watch and you're done with it. So, right. Who knows. But here's the interesting thing about that. That was both written and directed by Michael Crichton. Name sounds familiar to anybody? Jurassic Park. He wrote Jurassic Park and The Lost World, which also deal with a the theme park kind of going awry. So pretty interesting that he stuck with that theme years later. But this time instead of killer robot humans, he went with killer robot di- well, nope, genetically engineered dinosaurs. There we go. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> What got you interested in this show, David?
1: I originally wasn't interested in it because I I tend to pick up certain shows from people that are friends of mine. And I think when Westworld was coming out, there was a big buzz around it. But I think I was into other shows that were also happening at the same time. And I let it go. And I think it was after the season had ended One of my really close friends had told me that I needed to watch it, and I did, and I was instantly hooked. I think by the end of the first episode, I knew that I was going to have to binge-watch the show, and I think I did about three or four episodes each night. Oh, I was
0: kind of – I actually – when we were starting the podcast, we had somebody listening to it, and they actually shot me a message about the show. They're like, hey, why don't you check this out? And I was like, mm, why not? And it was, I think, on its fourth episode by that point. So I kind of blew through the first few and was really impressed with it. And then I kind of, I, not not intentionally, I kind of waited for them to stack back up so I could just watch it one episode after another again. Mm-hmm. And kind of did it in probably, I think, three viewings of it to where I just watched Like, what episodes were available back-to-back-to-back, and then I think I did the season finale on its own, because I was actually up that night and watched it on HBO Go, like, right after it finished airing. So, I I, I was very impressed with it from the get-go. It's just, I I like doing it in the um, marathon
1: style of watching it, because I feel like that, you really caught a lot more than. Right. That's that's what I was going to say was I think now with the predominance of like Netflix and game uh, HBO and Hulu and being able to just really get everything all at once or in a few sittings like I do, I, I prefer that over waiting the week. I would rather watch a whole season within a few days than take a month to two months to spread things out.
0: Yeah, especially since every single episode was a cliffhanger or left you with more questions <laughs> than answers, so it's kind of one of those things that's good when you can queue up the next episode. Absolutely. Um, before we get too much deeper into this, if anyone's not familiar with the show, one, you should go out and watch it, and two, let's just give a quick overview of what this show is kind of based on real quick. Just in case somebody's just listening for the enjoyment of listening and has never seen or heard of Westworld yet.
1: So, David, do you
0: got that covered for me?
1: Sure. Uh, Westworld is all about basically the the future of theme parks, except this time you are in a theme park where you go to the Wild West, and the people that you interact with are called hosts, and they are robots. And they cannot uh, – they can't kill you. They can hurt you, like beat you up, punch you, whatnot. Uh, but if they fire a gun, you're not going to get hurt. Uh, You can kill them. You can pretty much do anything, and it's almost akin to a role-playing game like World of Warcraft uh, or any of those. I'm glad you mentioned that because I have have something
0: about that in a little bit.
1: So there, there's a bunch of storylines, a bunch of different quests. Every character has a backstory. Every character has something you they want you to do with them. And it's up to the guests to decide what they're going to do during their stay in Westworld. And there's a lot to do and see. And it is... It just goes on from that. I mean, I guess that's the basic overview of what the show is about.
0: I'd say that's pretty accurate. There is a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with, I guess, questionable individuals. And that's where Anthony Hopkins' character of Dr. Ford comes in, as well as Bernard and a few other people. But Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. I'm glad you mentioned the RPG, and it seems like they're playing a game element. Because I thought that from basically a little bit after it started, I was very intrigued in the fact that I I know that the people making it are very big gamers to an extent. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of gaming nods and a lot of kind of, I guess, gaming elements intertwined in here. Uh, There's a line at one point I know where one person picks up a gun and goes, ooh, upgrade. Right.
1: Yep. N- or, you know, or, or like when characters interact with somebody and they're like, no, don't get drawn into like this side quest. He's going to ask you to do something and you don't, it's, it's boring.
0: Yes. That's the other thing. There's a, there, there's so many quests that people can go on. There's like different interactions that can happen, which are very game-like as in, if you, you know, are at this place at this time and this character's here, they'll actually ask you to do this mission. But if you're with them at any other time, they won't ask you to do it in, uh, in. Tons of different games have that element to it. But the other thing I thought that was interesting, I'm kind of jumping ahead with with the story a little bit, is it is shown that they sort of repurpose the host at times. They sort of reprogram the different things. And you mentioned World of Warcraft, and I know other games that are very long running, they'll repurpose certain elements in the game to be other places or have other things done with them. So that's very interesting that they continue to reuse assets that are available to them. And, of course, retire ones that are supposedly out of date. So, basically, you're running an update before the new expansion. They're getting rid of a ton of old data. Same thing with Westworld. They're getting rid of a ton of old hosts and old storylines that people might not be interested in to make room for new ones. So, I thought that, that was a very... Being being a gamer, there's that element. There's also, like, the man in black is sort of the guy who's done every raid, has every achievement, and, you know, has all all epic gear. Or mm-hmm. is, isn't it all purple gear from Warcraft?
1: I, I don't play Warcraft, so I can not oh, tell you. I, I,
0: I think it's all purple gear is the term. But anyways, has all of like the most epic gear you can get. And he's, he's one of those characters that has done everything. So his mission now is he's found out about a metagame, sort of. Like, mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, you know, play games for achievements or play games for this. But there's other things where you can go online and look up, you know... Oh, well, you can play Pokemon, but if your character faints, you have to release it. Like, sort of making the game making the game harder for just the fun of it. But he found out about a deeper version of the game that exists in Westworld. And it's a very interesting storyline of what he goes on during it. So, I don't know. It's just I, I wanted to mention that because I thought that was really cool because I've played games where it's like, Oh, I'm only going to use the pistol for the entire game. Or I'm only right. going to... Or I, I can't um use any health packs on this level like to try to get achievements and it's the same thing I feel.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you you're talking about how he's got his basically like high level gear or whatnot. Yeah. And I was researching just like fun little trivia facts, and the gun that he carries in the Wild West wasn't the most reliable gun, but when it worked, if it's like in a great working condition, it actually holds nine bullets instead of six. Oh. And so it gives that extra advantage and it would have give it would have changed the course of uh duels in the wild west or gunfights because of those three extra bullets and I thought that was kind of an interesting little nod to to like modern day or you know wild west uh gunfighting is a, a gun with nine bullets would have made a huge advantage.
0: Well, if you got the person sitting there counting the shots, they're they're, on, they're you're not going to th- you're going to count Okay, they fired one, two, three. Okay, they're, they're on their fifth bullet, so after they shoot this next one, they're done. Bang. Mm-hmm. All right, let me shoot. And then they get shot. So it would be one of those things that you wouldn't expect that. And that's actually really interesting. I just thought the gun was unique because there was like a point in it where he like pulled back the hammer further and it seemed to shoot harder or something at, right. at one point. Because there was one point where there was someone behind cover and he like shot through the cover after like pulling yeah, the hammer yeah, back I further. Remember,
1: yeah, I remember that scene. I was, I was kind of shocked that it went through the cover as it did, but... It was just a an interesting little piece about that gun. All
0: right, now here's here's another question because I, I, I'm I'm interested to know if you had the opportunity to go to Westworld for like a week, what would you do in Westworld?
1: Man, that's really tough. Uh, because I was talking with my sister who lives in Montana, so she has a farm and does like cow stuff and horses and all all that kind of like outside stuff and we're total opposites I would I'd probably stay in town and maybe uh like go with the sheriff on a a bounty hunt or go with a bounty hunter for for a day or two but mostly to me the games that I enjoy are getting to know about characters and backgrounds and stories and I think I would like hang out with uh like Dolores and her dad and get to know some of the other characters in town and hear their stories because i to me that would be fun for me
0: all right i'm gonna say my Ellie safe answer first um i guess i would hang out around town you know you know spend 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 time seeing some of the sites you know go on some easy adventures you know some some easygoing stuff right now for the Ellie unsafe answer i go get a cigar get a bottle of whiskey and a gun in hand and go shoot up the place (laughs) <laughs> Even though she probably would join me for that too, but I'm just saying it's it's one of those things to where i I, I noticed watching it that there was somebody that that said that that he was there with his family and, you know he's like, oh yeah, we did the you know gold panning and you know we did we did this that and the other and then the guy's like, "What'd you do when you came by yourself?" And he went, "Oh, I went total bad guy." And I'm like, right, exactly. And I'm like, it's I feel like that's so true for a lot of people, is it's kind of, I mean, that's what the show also kind of explains is the deeper human desire of kinda of when you're given the opportunity to basically do anything. Cause I I feel like Westworld is sort of you want to go in playing the game, but you know, you know, go in and be a nice person, you know, be a good person, but in the end you end up playing the Grand Theft Auto version of it by the end of it where you're just going around being crazy. Right, because there's "quote unquote" no consequences.
1: Yep, pretty much unless you know you you get beat up and thrown into the jail, or maybe you run into like the the Confederados and or the they, they might they might take some trouble with you, but or the Native
0: Americans too. Those yep they're they're, they're floating around in there too even. Slight spoiler, we'll, we'll have a spoiler section near the end, but slight spoiler, I feel like they didn't really do anything with them, and I'm kind of interested to see where next season goes, because I feel like there's a storyline there that just doesn't really get tackled or really discussed. I
1: if, wonder if a portion of it is that they didn't want to do stereotypes of mm. Native American or First People, uh, and... Honestly, they weren't really needed. And I think later on in the season, there's definitely a portion of the show where it's very, uh, like, very tense when they, when they travel into a certain, like, Indian area. And you're like, what are we going to see? What's going to happen kind of thing. And that was a really cool, like, build up. Because you've seen, uh, like, Native American characters in the show – uh, just walking around or like minor interactions and you've seen them outside of the game setting but then to start hearing about where they're going it's kind of it builds a, a tension where you want to see what's going to happen
0: well so, something that was very interesting to me and i don't feel i'm getting too spoilery with this now because i mean we've we made it obvious that you know that they are the host are kind of a robot cyborgs or some form of not really real humans, per se.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but the the Native Americans in this world have stories and legends about the people that come, like with the red hoods and the lights. And that's the employees coming in at night, you know, take away the hosts that have been killed, or you know, to reset stuff or to change things. That's really interesting to me that that within this world, there's they've built their own mythology. And was that something that was programmed or is that something they learned on their own?
1: That's a good question. I know that they called um, them shades in like in the actual storyline because uh, Maeve asks somebody in town and they're like, oh, uh, like that's a shade. Like the depiction of the the people coming in to get them that was what that was tied into their culture was uh the, that character name or God name the shade.
0: See, and like I said, that's something interesting. I don't think they ever explained if that's something that they were programmed to think or if they came up with it on their own, which is something that of course, this whole kind of series is about sort of the development of, you know, intelligence and, you know, what limitations are put on it or how much it can truly learn. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, I'm 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 skating on spoiler territory for a second, but I'm, I'm I'm bringing it back now. To I guess something that that won't be spoilery. Who is your favorite character in this? Because there's a lot of characters and there's a lot of stuff going on. So I guess before we get any more heavy into stuff, who is one of your favorite characters, David?
1: I'm going to give you
0: two. Uh, I will allow it. I will allow it.
1: (laughs) Normally, I'm not drawn to main characters. I always like background characters. But this show, uh, for me, I loved Dolores. Absolutely 100% all in on a main character for a show. And then my second, who's a background character for about four or five episodes, is Elsie. And I really liked Elsie. Uh, She's a behavior tech. And she works alongside uh, Bernard, and she gets to interact with uh, one of the like, chief of security, uh, Stubbs, who's pretty cool too. But between, between them, I was digging uh, Elsie and Dolores. Awesome. Um, I, I guess for me, I really like the man in black.
0: I, I just thought, like, because it took a very long time to kind of truly figure out what was going on with him. And that's, mm-hmm. I guess, why I was drawn to him because there was a real mystery. And it was, he seemed to be somebody who knew what he was doing the entire time. Right. And that also the, um, the technicians and, you know, the people behind the scenes were even talking about, you know, leave him be, let him do what he wants. He does whatever he wants to do. Yep. So that, that it, it's like the mystery behind him made my eyebrows keep rising on my head because I was like, what is going on with this guy? I mean, there, there's, of course, other stuff that was going on too that was adding to it, but just his mystery really intrigued me. And I guess the other character I really liked I mean, I, I, I like Dolores and everything, but I guess I just felt bad for Teddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> poor just because,
0: yeah, poor Teddy keeps dying. And I also kind of like James Marston. So, I mean, it, it kind of goes hand in hand. Even though I know a lot of people, and I know this is going to be really odd. I actually like him more in, like, 30 Rock. And I know that he was Cyclops in the X-Men yep. movies. Yep. But here's the problem. He has that visor across his face, so you never... I can't really relate him to Cyclops, cause he, unless he's wearing glasses. But I really like the show 30 Rock, and he is Liz Lemon's um, boyfriend-slash-husband in that show. And his name is Chris, and that is spelled with two S's. <laughs>
1: so,
0: that's, that's... I don't know, just seeing him in this was a complete departure from... I mean, all the other stuff I've I've seen him in personally. So that was very really cool to see him in this. And I I enjoyed it, even though I
1: just felt sorry for him the entire time. Yeah, I really like Teddy. Teddy was one of those characters where, I mean, again, you talk about the game level of stuff. A lot of the people who had gone in had interacted with Teddy. There's talks about, oh, yeah, Teddy you know, showed me this. Or Teddy was a part of all these different storylines that you could have been a, a part of. And... He's just a really good guy, like, except for storylines later. But, I mean, very yeah. good guy, like, solid up front.
0: I, you know, I'm kind of surprised that neither of us mentioned Anthony Hopkins' character of Ford.
1: But uh, then again,
0: I, that is just Anthony Hopkins playing a kind of very creepy know-it-all character, too, so...
1: Something that it's not like he's done that ever before. No,
0: never. Never.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... I'm trying to pick the the two or you know three ish that I really like connected with, and for me is just Dolores and Elsie. Uh, but I mean, I have I have a lot of love and respect for probably like a good portion of the cast. There's very few characters that I didn't like. That, I mean that
0: that's 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 the other thing. Picking out some, it's just like I said, the man in blacks just was very interesting to me, and Teddy was just sort of every time I saw him, I was like, well, I'm going to see him die, so yep. it should be fun. Um, but yeah, Ford's character was very in- Ford and Bernard's dynamic was very interesting and um let's see here. Alright, you you ready to rip off the band-aid of spoiler territory?
1: Absolutely, because you can almost not talk about this show without spoilers.
0: I I, I tried to keep it as long as I could. Alright, people. Band aid's coming off. It's spoilerific time. If you haven't seen the show Go out and watch it. If you want to stay on board for this discussion, you've been warned. Spoiler territory. So the Bernard and Ford dynamic was very interesting and even became more interesting when you found out that Bernard was a host.
1: I watched that episode. I believe it's episode seven. And when it finished, I emailed one of my closest friends, the one who had suggested me watch this all caps lock yelling i was like i cannot believe this i did not call this and she's like yeah we call like most of the people watching apparently had called it back in like the second or third episode and i had no clue no clue at all
0: oh man i i, I figured it out as soon as he came on screen in the first episode. no i'm joking it, it it was one of those things that i kind of started to suspect something and then when it was revealed i was like okay i i, I can be on board for this <laughs> But yeah that I, that that, that, w- that was a huge it was thing
1: great. yeah it, was, it it was for for people I and my wife and I were talking about it today like I ca- like I'll watch a show very casually and then I'll re-watch it and re-watch it and rewatch it to pick up like extra like the background information, the connections, but I love that it caught me off guard that he was a host.
0: I, I like I said, it was very jaw dropping for me because it was just something to where I'm like I wasn't expecting it really, and I kind of started to piece something together. But I think the bigger reveal, and we'll, and we'll come back to to Bernard and stuff. I think the bigger reveal for me, and something I kind of started picking up on was the multiple timelines.
1: Yes, and it's interesting because you brought it up. There's like you're you're starting to count like how many timelines are we watching at the same time. I'm pretty like, I, I, I didn't Google this. I'm pretty sure there's three different. Yes. Timelines I was about asking. to say,
0: I actually, I haven't Googled it. I figured it out myself. I'm, I'm not trying to gloat. I've, I think I figured it out myself during watching of it, but I did. I, I do believe there are three. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you go through them real quick okay. on which, which ones they are. And I'll, and I'll make sure I'm right.
1: <laughs> okay. The first timeline is when Arnold, AKA Bernard is talking to Dolores. Um, And that's the scenes where you see them sitting in the chairs, talking to each other, uh, discussing things. Uh, So that's that's the initial timeline that is before park opening. Uh, The second timeline is the timeline where it is uh, Logan and William and Dolores going through like their whole escapade. And then the current timeline is the Man in Black timeline with uh, Dolores doing stuff where you think like it's made to make you think that she's going with uh, like it's all happening at the same time. But it's the Man in Black timeline and Maeve and Dolores is actually by herself going through her old memories and, you know, going through her her personal storyline there also is, I think, a few other Splinter timelines that are only
0: like for like one episode for a little bit, where you see certain aspects of it. But yes, that that's what um, that's what I kind of gathered together as I was watching. Is I'm like there, there has to be three, and Maeve was I thought a fourth for a little bit, and then near nearer to the end, I kind of was like, no, that's 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 the most recent timeline. So mm-hmm. if I'm correct, I think it's there's. The present there's 30 years and then there's 35 years because right the, the stuff with um with arnold and um dolores is five years before i mean it, blah i'm sorry yeah that's that's there that's the starting point and then five years after that is william coming in and the dolores and that storyline yeah so. And that was also, I think it is pointed out, that the park wasn't doing the best in the world. And that's, of course, when William, it is established that he sort of gets involved somehow and turns the park around, too.
1: Right, because he was uh, about to marry Logan's sister, and Mm -hmm. he had got promoted to, like, executive vice president of Delos, and it was like before the wedding was happening, they were getting to kind of know each other and see what the park's about to see how, I guess how much they were going to invest mm-hmm. in the park. And like, we don't get more of that, which is fine. I'm totally good with that, but it's very interesting when you hear later on, like how much William has invested in the park.
0: Oh, a quick thing. Um, William and the man in black are the same person. Mind dun, dun, blown. Dun, dun. I- that that was something for me that that I think it came around the same time I was putting together the, the, the timelines, was I was like, I think they're the same person.
1: I had no clue. I, again, I was blown away that they were the same person, and that there was different timelines going on. I could not believe it. It was
0: one of those things, I started picking apart stuff, and the other problem was I was also not trying to look too deep into internet spoiler territory, but also kind of coming across certain ideas or people pointing out stuff that I then went back, that I was kind of thinking about in my mind going back and I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, how certain <laughs> characters weren't matching up to that. You'd see them doing one role and then you'd see them later doing a different role. And it was kind of like, wait, what's going on? Why would they, are they the same design? Right. Is it just the same chassis or is it something to where it's the same character, but in two different timelines. Because you see Dolores' dad at one point as a preacher, if I remember
1: correctly. I think so. And, you know, I did the rewatch this past week, gearing up for this recording, and there's a lot of comments being made. And, again, with the repurposing of characters, you see a lot of characters from the Billy Logan timeline to the Man in Black timeline. And you're like, wait a minute. That character was this person now it's you know totally different
0: yeah another one was the um i i say the host but she is a host but the person who is introducing william and you know getting his um when he first comes in and who's helping him you know pick out what gear he's getting she appears later on yep in the man in black timeline and he makes a comment about her too that he thought the Chibi decommissioned by now, yeah. So that was interesting because that was one of those you don't w- once it's revealed that certain people are are hosts and certain people aren't. It's kind of a game of, well, who's a host and who isn't now? Because <laughs> I know there's a theory that Ford ha- that that wasn't the real Ford that dies at the end of the at the end of the first season that that was actually a host.
1: Yeah, I saw that too when I was doing my research today. Yeah, and they were like, "If you think Anthony Hopkins is going to do another another season of this, he's old. He's not doing it."
0: See that—that's my thing. I'm like, I kind of want to get on board with that, but I'm like, it would be too played out. I think it would be more shocking if he just is dead, because he right. kind of set he kind of set in motion something now that I mean, I don't I don't know where this is gonna go. Like, I I have no idea. And I think the last episode really. I, I know we're jumping around now in timelines and everything because we're just. We're talking about Westworld, so we're playing it just like the show would. Um, What did you think of the end where they were running through the facility and they came across the samurais? Uh,
1: I'm intrigued because you see in the whole show the multiple levels. I mean, they are going to like basement level 86 or something for cold storage and there's a ton of like elevators and all sorts of things and i'm intrigued for if it's going to be called shogun world or samurai world and then there had been talk uh online about like what other worlds could we possibly see like east world or is there going to be like a Roman world or a Viking world or like all the, like there's obviously tons of opportunities for these to exist. Are the parks in the same location? Are there parks spread out across, uh, the, the, the continent basically like what, like you, you gotta find out like what scale are you on at this point with these, these worlds? Because obviously they're huge in setting, uh, but i'm I'm intrigued. I'm ready to see what happens, and i'm I'm kind of disappointed that we have to wait another year. Um, the East World thing, like it happened, and that
0: did surprise me. And then I kind of sat there as I was watching. I went, well, why should I be surprised? It's it it it's kind of naive to think they only create one sort of area for people to play in, because I mean, if you're not mm-hmm. into the West setting, you could go somewhere else. But at the same time, I do know this about the older movie, about the um, the movie. There is, like, Roman world and other worlds there, right. too. So, I don't then, think it's too
1: far-fetched. Well, my question, as they showed that and they started talking about, like, parks and whatnot, is... Uh, who's in charge of them? What are, like, was the maze only something that was in Westworld with uh, Bernard or not with Bernard, but Arnold and uh, Ford. Like, are they the creators of all of the hosts across all of the parks? Are there others? Like now I'm getting into the portion of give me more. I need more story. I need to know who's in charge. What's going on? Is it just one guy doing one storyline? Is it other people? I just need I need more background now.
0: I'm definitely with you on that. Like, like I said, it's one of those things to where will this the um, I, I guess I'm gonna say virus that's sort of floating around that keeps waking the host up. The um, these violent delights have violent ends thing. Mm-hmm. If that can spread to them as well, like there's there's a lot of questions. And yeah, it's like did they who created all this? Is this all from Ford? in everything's mind, and he just really liked Westworld because maybe it was the first one, so that's where he kind
1: of went and hung out a lot. Well, here's a question I have for you, because oh, okay. the the uh, all the hosts that started waking up, either the ones that gained consciousness, such as Dolores, or the ones that kind of went crazy and got decommissioned, they were all the ones, I think, that were in the original park because it's made mention that Dolores is one of the oldest hosts there, uh, same as Teddy. And then they had talked about how some of these older hosts, they're not made the same anymore. Like Dolores and Teddy are all all like these classic like 30-year-old models, whereas the new ones are made in a different way. So I'm wondering if it's only resigned to those 30 or 40 ones that you see at the end start to come out, the ones that are all in that cold storage, or if others will eventually make that leap from that new, like new batch that they have. Hmm. Interesting. I, I,
0: you're saying that and it's, it's kind of popping back in certain characters. I'm like, yeah, those were ones that you saw in the original timeline or the, sorry, the, um, the, the, William timeline Mm -hmm. and that is interesting huh because there's the whole also subplot of the is it's it's not another company it's that company trying to get the technology that the Delos company trying to actually get the technology because like the the way that the robots are designed is like something that they want the to do more with. Right. Because they, they feel it's being wasted almost at these parks. Right, exactly. So that's that's the other thing is maybe that was Ford's design was to use the older models to take out and take over for him it, since he kind of figured out that that they were trying something on him, which, by the way... I, I I know that, that this is something that I mean we're we're talking about an entire season worth of shows so we're not going to touch on everything but really dumb having conversations in front of the host.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I
0: cannot explain how stupid that is. Exactly. Because <laughs> there, there was one point where like someone was having a conversation and it was Char- Charlotte Hale's character is having that discussion basically after she's kind of taken the one um the one bank robber host like out from the park to have her way with i'm I'm gonna keep this pg have her way with and she's having that discussion about basically betraying ford right in front of him when he's quote unquote offline but i'm like sitting there and i'm like oh she's dead she's so dead ford's hearing all of this how 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 is nobody's (laughs) telling them to be like maybe you shouldn't have these conversations in front of these people but once again, it's 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 kind of like when I watch a horror movie, and I'm like, don't go in that door. Oh, you went in that door. The killer's obviously in that room. See, there he is. So <laughs> it's one of those things that people make really dumb decisions in shows and movies sometimes. But anyway, I, I just wanted to say that because that was just something that I remember, and I was watching it, and I verbally out loud said, oh, she's dead, or she's going to get caught doing this, because that host is right there. Oh, yeah. So... And it was pointed out that he, like, tracks everywhere they go, and he just... I don't know, Ford was just such a creepy character, because he, like, just <laughs> appeared places, and a new stuff, and had that weird family from, like, the original that, um...
1: Yeah, and they were, like, the original pre, like, pre-Dolores like pre models, basically. Yes, which,
0: the face coming apart, uh, heebie-jeebies. No, but that, it, it's just, he kept appearing places, and just... He had that creepy family, and it was just one of those things that they really amped up the Anthony Hopkins creepy character in
1: this show. So, how, I, how about that moment where they're at the uh, the restaurant or that uh, dit where they're having uh, lunch or dinner with it's him and uh, Teresa, who's like the kind of like the executive in charge, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I came here as a kid," and she she remarks, "I think this is the same table I sat at," and he's like. He eventually confirms, yes, it's the same table, same chair, everything. We know exactly what's going on with everybody, our guests and employees.
0: It's it's just one of those things. I, I'm trying to think, and I'm not trying to say that they should have cast a different person to play that role, but I'm like, I don't know if anyone else could have pulled off just being that menacing about it, because it never was something to where... He, I, I felt like he was threatening at times with it, but it wasn't like he was... Like, you couldn't call him out on it sort of thing, if that makes any sense. Right. Like, and he was I've, creepy in the sense of, you can't call him
1: out, but man. Oof. I was reading up on when they were casting people, and even uh, Anthony Hopkins, he had to fight to get uh, unredacted scripts to find out what was going on. Because they had redacted scripts for everybody, so that way... Everyone wasn't really sure what was going on. And the only other person that got uh, that had to be really walked through their character was uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who played Dolores, because she's got like three or four different personalities happening throughout the show. And they had to tell her, "Okay, you're you're doing this personality of Dolores or this personality. Here's your motivation. Here's what's going on. But for everyone else, they got really heavily redacted scripts on just basically need to know for what your character is doing in certain scenes.
0: I, I, I can see that because, I mean, Dolores' character had a lot going on with her. So she had to play certain things a certain way so that when what was revealed later that it would make sense. But that that is kind of interesting that the whole redacted script and everything, too. Like that's that's some high level classified stuff right there oh absolutely all right so david um i'm gonna let you take the the brains (laughs) for a minute because i i mean like i said we've been discussing this but i want you to kind of take over for a minute with some stuff
1: i wanted to mention uh the music that is used in the show not only the the new music that's composed specifically for westworld but they've got this really great piano that's in uh, the mariposa saloon and you get to hear some actual music from our world uh like episode one has painted black uh, episode uh, eight has house of the rising sun in it <laughs> there's uh music from sound garden black hole sun is in there Uh, The Cure has something in there. Amy Winehouse has something in there. I think that they've released uh, all the tracks either online or on Spotify or something. I think there's 34 of them. And there's, I think at least half of them are covers of music. And I was looking it up because I wanted to see uh, which songs were used. And because I recognized a few of them and wanted to see the artists and everything. And they said that they used the cover music to really tie in that... This is still something where outside world influences are happening and stuff from the outside world is coming in to be used by the park. But I really love like Paint It Black is used in episode one when Hector starts shooting up the place. And I thought that was really well done. And House of the Rising Sun, of course, is one of those quintessential songs that just fits so well with the world. I can definitely agree with that you said
0: Paint It Black, of course, was in there, too. So, so yeah, I, I can definitely see those. Um, mine's not per se on the song, but this is something interesting I kind of noticed having to watch, you know, the opening scene. And you mentioned the player piano.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the opening scene, it shows a hands that are being constructed sort of playing the piano. And then after a little bit, the hands go away as the the piano begins to play itself. Right. I've yeah. wondered, is this a metaphor for the park itself? Because at the beginning, there's hands in there, you know, messing with stuff and putting stuff into place. But then once the hands step away, is the park going to be able to run itself and play itself like a player piano can?
1: That's an interesting thought because essentially everybody should with minor you know involvement from the people just patching them up and sending them back out into the park it should in theory be a self-running environment and i think that's one of the things that uh charlotte brought up as she's talking to uh sizemore uh, lee sizemore who's that guy he was writing the new narrative it got Mm -hmm. shot down by ford and Her whole thing was she wants to set it back to an easier time like the things are it's too much work there's too many convolutions uh, too much of like storyline going on she really just wants it to make the park easier and I guess easier to uh, sustain and I mean that's that's definitely a thought on not only that but like of the the possibility of them going from being told what to do like oh you need to play the piano to well, it's my choice on if I'm going to play the piano or what I'm going to do with you know my life,
0: or the host questioning their existence too. Yeah. Yep. Which, speaking of that one, we have not really discussed um, Mave at all yet.
1: Yes, Mave, the the one of the the more interesting hosts. I even wrote down a note uh, when I first started watching it. Is uh, did Dolores trigger Mave? initially to to start her programming like was it kind of like a sleeper note to her when they have their conversation uh to get Maeve thinking about things or was Maeve also in that that cycle of tragedy and you know hardship and she eventually just started kicking in because you see drawings from her as well on uh those Indian like that Indian figure which is like the people coming in and she starts having uh things but it Mave is one of those characters where Ford says he's doing things under Arnold's name Arnold's fingerprints are on Maeve's changes for her like core uh core purpose in her life on like she needs to break out uh so at times it she's like well is she following her programming, or is she actually awakening? Like that's always the thing that I'm intrigued by because she make she does make her final choice at the end to get off the train to not escape, to go back and look for her daughter. But is she programmed to do that? Right. It's one of those things to where uh,
0: I'm going to say probably a very unpopular opinion, real quick. I wasn't really on board for her storyline for the longest time. I got on board for it near the end, but I just mm-hmm. was kind of sitting there kind of like, when's this going to be, a, when, when can we move to a different storyline? Because I don't know why I just wasn't, I didn't see where it was going. I was just like, and, and also the um, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum, I don't understand at what point they just didn't stop this. But, theory real quick, maybe they were
1: hosts too (laughs) well you know she gets that programming access to and she tells felix straight up that you're not one of us and you make a sad excuse for a human so
0: oh yeah it's ironically both of the characters are named after cats right but no it's it's just it's just one of those things i just the entire time once again me me talking to a screen at points just going why aren't they just stopping this at any point in
1: time right but and And that was, you know, that again, I googled why does Felix help Maeve and, uh, you know, you get different theories like he's really like he can't afford to go into the park, but he's getting cool access to to talk to a host and hang out with a host and do things like together and. And then Sylvester kind of is blackmailed initially, and then she even sets up programming to like sh- to anticipate that okay, Sylvester's going to try to screw her over. Well, I've already accounted for your attempt, and you know went forward with a different pr- uh, plan. But yeah, it's it's hard to like come to grips. Like you're working, and all of a sudden this starts happening, and you don't go and report it. I. It is hard. But, yeah, like even with me for Maeve, I like I love Thandie Newton. I love her as an actress. I liked Maeve as a character, but I didn't start liking her until she really started taking control and getting uh, those two Hector. And I think I can't remember. It's Armistice with the the snake. Tattoo. Yes, 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 you are correct. And, you know, as a trio, I love them as a trio. And I loved like what they did in the final, final episode Yes, but it, I mean, her character's story arc just was slower and methodical and plotting at times, but it's interesting to see that it was, again, the man in black, William, who may have triggered her, that initial waking up and starting her on her own maze path, basically, with the, the murder of her daughter and, like, her death afterwards
0: that is interesting like i said i i, I like the storyline once it got there but at the same time i don't think you could have had all of these storylines firing on all cylinders constantly right because it just would have been too much to keep track of and i think they i think they did a fantastic job because in the end now if you want to go back and watch it you can focus on certain stuff instead absolutely of yep. you know because i i was very interested in certain aspects more so than others so on a another watching of it I can now focus on other stuff and probably pick up on even more stuff than I did before
1: Did you notice that uh, Logan just as a as a quick like little tidbit Logan when he comes to go after uh, William and Dolores with the uh, the army he's wearing a hand of the King pin from Game of Thrones oh. and he talks about being promoted to general or whatever. No, I did not notice that. Huh. Yeah, it happens uh when when they find when he finally catches up to them and it's like he's got it and he it's it's clearly there for at least an episode maybe two. But there's a a little neat little thing that I saw and I had seen it in uh spoilers. I was like, "Oh, let me check that out." Huh.
0: That's that's actually really cool to kind of have a little nod to another hbo show which of course itself has uh, game of thrones has its own lore and tons of still unanswered questions after numerous seasons but that's a topic for another day No, uh, no, but that, that is really cool to that to catch that so that's that's interesting um all right we kind of mentioned earlier that we're sure ford's dead
1: for, I, I I am pretty sure Ford is dead unless something else props up.
0: I I I'd, I'd like to go with with Ford's dead too, but there's other characters that's that um they're how alive they are, how undead they are is is up in the <laughs> air right now, and I guess whether they're a host or not too. So we have a few here that we can go over real quick as sort of our predictions because I mean I I don't know about you David, but me I have no clue where this next season's gonna go. Like I I, I have, have ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have ideas, but you know, there there's just so much possibility although apparently people are guessing at thoughts and ideas now and I know that they're doing script writing at this point for it.
0: Yeah, it's the next season is going to be out for possibly almost another entire year and a half, so. Yep. I mean, it's got time, but let's go over a few characters. Um Okay. I guess let's go with, so Ford, dead. Um, we, we Ford, can, dead. We, we we both agree on that. Um, Ed Harris's character of William Slash the Man in Black. Alive. He got shot in, in the arm. Per,
1: very precarious situation, because I don't think he's got a gun on him right now.
0: Yes, and he's kind of somebody who, I, I don't want to say he wants to die, but he kind of wants a glorious death, if that makes any sense, or a meaningful death.
1: And it's funny because he had been working almost towards the same thing of he wants the park to be able he wants them to be able to fight back and not just be losers all the time and now he's gotten his wish.
0: I just uh, want to say the look on his face when he, he got was, shot was I I it was one of the best I, in my opinion one of the best moments of the show was when he got shot. And just it was the, like
1: finally like, just the
0: look on his face like oh, I got shot
1: Exactly. So
0: him I, I, I do agree. I think he's in a precarious situation. I think he is alive, comma, but for how long? Right. I I, th- I think that's a that's a a good bet on that one. Some other ones, we got Ashley Stubbs, who is one of the who was captured by the Native Americans, I think is the right, last he, time we saw him.
1: Yep, he's the security guy. I, I really go back and forth on him because I'm not sure on there. Like, again, we talked about it. We're not like, they were not focused on as far as characters and what was going on with them. And if they had potentially awakened, I'm going to say he's alive, but he might be in a a real worse situation than what people might think about it. But I, I'm hoping he's alive. Cause I really liked his dynamic, uh, with other people in the show. I,
0: th- I think he's alive because I don't think maybe the Native Americans haven't had their awakening maybe it's only that one set of hosts right now that can actually injure people mm-hmm. but I think he would be a good avenue to explore the Native Americans within the world of Westworld if he's captured by them and has to you know be with them and maybe he can lead them to help with the situation possibly or maybe they can teach him something about you know that their program that they're able to go beyond their programming and beyond their under the understanding that they think that these um hosts are possible so that may be an inf- interesting avenue or we could go up on the next season and they've scalped him and he's dead right it it is it is a serious up in the air situation for him um other ones we've got
1: elsie you, you never know- saw her technically dead. Right, you saw Bernard choking her out or at least choking her whether he, you know, ring breaks her neck or not. Uh, But again, I'd love to see her alive. I really liked her character. I think she would be a good connection for Bernard to continue with. And she seemed to be supportive of the possibility of what was going on. She's really intrigued by it. Uh, I, I think that, you know, they're... The, the awakened hosts are going to need people like actual humans that are going to support them and assist them in whatever happens in the next season, seasons to come, I imagine. And Elsie, I think, would be a, a good one. I
0: maybe it's comic books, maybe it's video games, but until like they confirm 100 percent of is dead. like that they are like no they they are dead they are done i because you never there's never a part where they actually i mean i think bernard mentions that he killed her but that's the thing maybe he was programmed to think he killed her i i it's it's i i don't know so that's why i'm like i kind of want her character to come back because i think it would be interesting to have her back but then the logical side of me that's not the comic book fan is like she's dead but who knows (laughs) who knows Alright, so I know this one, we, we might have a few in here that are kind of weird, but Armistice, she was part of the little get out of here party with Maeve, and we're kind of, She's has her arm stuck, she breaks free, and then there's guards advancing on her. I know she's a host so they can bring her back to life, but at the same time... If she's still out and about, that's pretty dangerous. So what do you think? Do you think that she makes it out of that situation? Or do you think that it's just going to show her on a slab starting next season? Uh,
1: if she's on a slab, she's lucky. Because I, if I was a person involved in that, I would not want her to come back at any capacity. Because you never know what could happen with her. She's like too much of a loose cannon. I, I, I kind of,
0: I, I kind of like to see her get out and just do something. I mean, she's supposed to be stuck in that. I'm I'm gonna dub it East World, Far East World, the the Samurai okay. World. So I, I'm I'm gonna dub that East World, and I think that's where she was stuck in, if I remember correctly. So maybe she could do some stuff in there, or possibly spread this. I don't know if she was infected with the virus or the quote unquote virus though to awaken people, but. Who knows? I guess we'll find out because that, that that one was an interesting one. Um, who else do we got that's
1: kind of an up and near on whether they're alive or dead? Ooh, I have one for you. All right, Charlotte Hale, alive or dead? She's the uh, uh, the Delos executive. Yes, the... she's hmm. she is at the party. Dolores is uh, in Wyatt mode, and uh, you don't ever see what happens to her. But you know, Dolores is a pretty good shot.
0: I'm gonna go with. Alive, because I think we need some some people alive at the beginning to introduce us to newer characters, possibly, or to be the continuation. I'm I'm only going with her alive for story purposes. Okay. What What do you think on that one?
1: I I am hopeful that she's alive. I've really enjoyed her character. Uh, I loved her interaction with Sizemore. Uh, I loved her interaction with Teresa. With Ford and Bernard, like all of those characters, I really liked her interaction and that she's coming from this uh, position outside and coming in to to kind of take things over and make changes. And I really want her to come back. But obviously, with her being in uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, that can be up in the air. All right. Oh, last one. Last one. All right. Logan. Is Logan going to come back as a older guy to get revenge on William finally with all the turmoil that's going to be happening in the park
0: I'm gonna go with no because I feel like he would have done it by now and I think I think William slash the man in black scared him that much of like because the park quote-unquote reveals who you really are and I think Logan might probably never
1: spoke of what happened at the park with him Right. It, like is too much shame for him. He basically went back home and tucked his tail between his legs. I'm
0: thinking I mean, yes, it would be a cool thing, but at the same time I, I think that it was just shown that, that, that that's how impactful this park was on William that he, he didn't he really kind of I mean, I don't think they were really rivals, but at the same time I don't think he would ever be questioned by him after the events at the park that day. Or that right. time. So Ugh. <laughs> um, I, I got another fun one, real quick. Since since we've done characters that are possibly dead, let's do ones that are possibly host. Even though I, mean, I this, think I've kind yeah. of already said I think the two technicians are host, or one I, I definitely one of them is. I, I'm I'm saying I definitely think one of the two, um, Sylvester or Felix is a host. Okay, just because they I I just I I gotta believe one of them is a host and being programmed to be just that just blatantly stupid at times to just keep letting her do that right um,
1: i'm trying to think of any I'm um, possibly maybe Stubbs is i don't know i'm trying to think see i i thought maybe there because there's questionable times where things were going on and Stubbs kind of overlooked it yeah but at the same time like you start tying in like uh, because there's specifically the one the the note I had made was there's an authorization for uh, low grade explosives, and Stubbs is like, eh, okay. After like looking at where it was, and it turns out that was William as the man in black breaking out of the uh, the prison cell with those two explosives, the cigar and the yeah. the one at the lock, and you're like, okay, I can see that that's why he's overlooking the use of explosives, but. I, I can't see anyone else being a host, but I wouldn't be surprised if they worked uh, characters in that are.
0: I I think that that the the big twist with that has kind of been done with Bernard already, right? So that so that's why I'm saying if it's like some one of the more minor characters, like the one of the the surgeon technicians, then that might be a little bit less of a big reveal. But I I don't know. I just it w- it would be kind of going to the well again for that. So I don't, I want to see him do it again. So it would be interesting to see who else is, but at the same time, I, I, for storytelling purposes, I don't think they're going to do that. Right. So I I know that there was one other thing that, that we should have done earlier, but now that we're at the end and we can spoil whatever we want, what were, I, I guess can, I don't want to do top three, but just three moments that, that were your favorite from this series.
1: Oh man!
0: Far. Uh, top moments. You, you you don't have to do them in order. Okay.
1: Not num- number one can be number oh, three, or you, I, you can just, just do try. them in order. <laughs> uh, top moment: Ber- the Bernard reveal was probably one of the top three as uh, him as a host. The second was learning that Dolores was also Wyatt in that storyline, and that she got that dumped into her. So that way she can do all the stuff that Arnold wanted her to do and be able to take care of herself in the future. And man, you know what? I, I want to say everything with, uh, the, the storyline with Hector, because I really, I, as a character, I really dug him mm-hmm. and his, his change from who he was in the beginning with William and Logan to, like, his eventual, like, recasting as a bad guy and everything. I really like that.
0: Um, for me, I'm gonna go with... Ironically, this is kind of, um, really early on, but the moment that Teddy and the Man in Black meet for the first time. Just because that's where you're really introduced to what's going on in the park, and I thought that was... You know, watching it, because I, when, when I started watching this, I had no clue what it was about. No clue mm-hmm. at all. And then seeing someone sit there and get shot a few times, and you're like, what's going on? So that, 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 that for me was one of those moments that it, it got me really intrigued into it. Uh, the review of Bernard was another one. And I guess my last one was the sort of the evolution of the man in black like right. when William transforming into that i thought was very interesting cuz they kind of had a little montage scene of that and that was him i think truly becoming you know that person or or making his mind up that this is where i want to take me myself so i i guess for me that th- those would be my three for for that so yeah i'm like like i said i'm really excited for the next season i definitely Need to rewatch this again because I'm, I'm sure I'll pick up on even more stuff. But real quick, I'm just going to give a quick shout-out um, to some friends over at the Brokebot Mountain Podcast. Uh, check them out. They do an entire podcast based on Westworld, and they've kind of moved on to doing the themes that Westworld introduces in other mediums. So definitely check them out. Um, it's Carrie Sims and everyone over at Blazing Caribou, Phil Rude, David Luzader, and they have a rotating... You know, group of guests every now and then on it to discuss, you know, themes of sci-fi, morality, and everything like that. So check that out. Um, David, you, of course, do your own podcast. So if you would, as
1: always. Uh, Tales from the Fandom. You can find us on basically anything where uh, podcasts are found or on Facebook, uh, Tales from the Fandom. And uh, it's a weekly show where I have different guests come on and talk about the fandoms that they're into and just really laid back and relaxed and we're we're past our year mark and we're gearing up for wrapping up interviews for this uh this rest of the year and got some good good stuff coming up. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Um has anyone you've done so far been uh into the fandom of Westworld?
1: Only one and surprisingly I had just finished my first run through When I had recorded with her and we talked about it very, very briefly, like maybe five minutes, so nothing, nothing too much. But I do have friends that have been on the show that have personally talked to me about Westworld, but I haven't done anything specifically, but that might change maybe next year as we gear up for 2018 and the return of Westworld. Awesome. I just wanted to
0: ask that real quick. So I was like, I don't think I've heard anyone really talk about on your show One more thing before I wrap up real quick. I just want to give a quick little rundown of a few things that are coming up in the podcast. Next week, of course, is going to be our E3 episode. We're going to have huge E3-related stuff, so definitely check that out. We are going to be doing a ton of different stuff for that. So if you've wondered why we haven't talked about gaming recently, this is the episode to tune in for. Of course, read this. We are doing Umbrella Academy, so definitely check out Volume 1 of that. And finally, I want to give a big another shout-out to another podcast, um, Strange Matters Podcast. If you listen to the most recent episode about urban legends and tales, we are actually featured on there where we talk about stuff from our home state of Virginia. So definitely check out Strange Matters Podcast. Yet, yeah, but um, for me, of course, saying this, you can find us on... Anywhere podcasts are available, so iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can also find us on Facebook, um, Twitter, at Zingness. You can also find us on Instagram, at Zing This Podcast. You can find us on Twitch, Patreon, if you want to contribute to us. If you want to email us directly, Zingness at gmail.com. And our sound guy is A.A. Ron and DJ Goldenboy89. Play us out.
1: dun dun